What up? Right. Uh, Nick's just gonna stay on the one that I that I'm on. Okay. So he's gonna pick up both our voices. That's fine. Uh, I'm thinking that uh, Nick will go before me uh, because you know, like when I'm done talking, like kind of like normally. <laughs> okay. So it's just easier because I mean, you just you know how I go when I talk about the stuff like that. Like when I'm done. Yeah. No. For sure. Okay. Um. Give me one sec here. Hi, Nick. Hi, oh. Niall. <laughs> get right get ready get ready for this um, it's fine <laughs> alright uh... okay when you guys are ready I'll go ahead and kick it away Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, back with another episode here on The Truth, back with another episode of 32 Teams in 32 Days, episode number nine. We are officially kicking off the AFC South Division by covering the Indianapolis Colts here today. If you guys have missed the other eight episodes, we checked over the AFC East as well as the NFC East Divisions. I am joined once again by AJ Ponciano, as well as a special guest, Nick Fuller. Guys, how are you doing here today? Man, we're great. We're great. Ready to talk about Colts. AJ, what about you? I'm doing great. This is a uh, special show. We have never had two co-hosts doing 32 teams in 32 days, but it is a special show because it's the Indianapolis Colts, and it's Nick Fuller's team very disappointing team, I guess. I, I, I remember being there the last two years. It's probably been very disappointing as a fan, so I'm very curious to hear your take on the Colts uh, coming up here to this season. So if you guys are new to 32 teams in 32 days, I'll give you a brief run on how it works. We'll first go over our three key players. We'll go over our bust, breakout player, sleeper player, player team MVP, two key draft picks, as well as two key offseason moves, three keys to success, and then our divisional prediction for the upcoming year so i believe nick you are starting things off for your three key three key players for the indianapolis colts this season well for sure anthony richardson just gotta do his thing you know new quarterback coming in we'll see what he's about i'm very athletic guy uh we'll see what he's about um jonathan taylor obvious one um then in the mvp voting very good football player need him to do well and Number three is an odd one, offensive lineman Quentin Nelson. Yep. He needs to step up because he was bad last year, and that affects the running game. affects how John, good Jonathan Taylor's going to be. AJ, your three? Uh, I agree with Nick. I have Anthony Richardson as my first one. I mean, rookie quarterback, a lot of expectations there from Colts fans. Uh, knowing Nick's hoping how he's going to have a great season. I mean, the Colts have been – Struggling at quarterback since Andrew Luck retired. Uh, just trying to find someone there. Next up, I wouldn't defensive players both ways. I was thinking about JT, uh, but who knows if he's going to be playing this year uh, at this point. And then, so I went with Shaquille Leonard or Darius Leonard, more no, more known as. Uh, since he's been on the field, he's just been a tackling machine. It seems like uh, he just leads the league in tackles most years when he is on the field. And next up, I went with DeForest Buckner. I uh, Really good defensive lineman, uh, formerly with the Niners for a little bit before coming over to the Colts. Uh, he just dis- disrupts timings with the quarterbacks, and he just does his job really well. He gets a lot of pressures throughout the year. 
So I'm going to go ahead and go with my first one, obviously, being Jonathan Taylor. At the end of the day for the Colts, the Colts need to have success from Jonathan Taylor. I like the point you made earlier, Nick, about Quentin Nelson and that offensive line. Look, you can have a good running back in the draft, or you can have a good running back in general, but if you don't have a good offensive line, there's nowhere for that running back to run through, which is why you see teams that have good running backs sometimes struggle with running the football. The Colts obviously put a heavy emphasis on the line year in and year out. Quentin Nelson is one of those guys as well. Jonathan Taylor coming into that draft class when he was drafted, he was my actual number one overall running back. I was a little bit surprised he was a late or mid-early second-round selection there back out of Wisconsin. A great running back. Obviously, a good tracker there, record there for running backs. And he's produced numbers at a very high clip. So 2021 season had 17. They're playing all 17 games, 332 carries, 1,811 yards, and 18 touchdowns. year before that had 11 touchdowns. Yeah, last year he did battle some injuries, so he played in 11 games. His numbers were down a little bit, but it was his injuries. It was the offensive line play, as you mentioned, Quentin Nelson, too. Kind of some concern there as far as how well he played last season. So it was a mixture of things for the Colts. And going into this year, I think a lot of people were expecting or kind of curious to see the relationship between Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. But now we've seen, obviously, a whatever's going on with Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. It's been really interesting to see. It's been, I guess, not necessarily accusations, but just back and forth. And that's obviously something you don't want to see if you're a Colts fan because going into the season, you need a healthy Jonathan Taylor to have any chance of success to at least alleviate some of the stress that Anthony Richardson could potentially face at the quarterback position. My other key player is going to be Michael Pittman. Now, one of the reasons why I think Michael Pittman's essential is because I feel like the Colts' passing attack was basically non-existent for the most part last season. The Colts have struggled to have a consistent quarterback. Seems like ever since Andrew Luck retired. Obviously, Andrew, Andrew Luck retired very early. They've had guys thrown into the mix as well throughout the quarterback position. So having some uncertainties there has been something that's kind of been detrimental to the Colts as a whole. Michael Pittman did have a very quality season last season as well as the year before. But I think this season he really needs to step up to the plate and have more success. We talked about losing some receivers that the Colts had lost previously, and this really opens the door for Michael Pittman to really kind of open the doors for that wide receiver core and have success. You got guys like Alec Pierce, Josh Josh Downs, who potentially can have some success, but other than that, as far as the wide receivers are concerned, there isn't very many big names that are going to step up to the plate for an Anthony Richardson, or even a Gardner Minshew potentially at the quarterback position. Pittman's got to come in with a heavy reception total, heavy target total like he did last season. He's got to develop a connection early on. He was in the same draft class as Jonathan Taylor. So the Colts are building kind of a young core as a whole, potentially with a Richardson, Pittman, Taylor duo there at the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver position. So having offensive success and getting the passing game wrapped is going to be something that's going to be vital as well. I'm also going to go with the defensive player, too, and DeForest Buckner, as you had mentioned, too. He is one of the big players on that Colts team. He was a former seventh overall pick back in 2016. He is 29 years of age, so getting up there a little bit of age, especially at the defensive tackle position. But he's had tremendous success on that defensive line ever since he really stepped foot in the NFL. Had a career high in sacks in 2018 with 12 sacks. His first year at the Colts, nine and a half, but has been consistently healthy throughout the seasons. And that's what the Colts particularly need. Also, too, in this division, it's a run-heavy division. you got Derrick Henry on the Titans, uh, for example. Jaguars, they obviously seem to have a good running situation there with Etienne. And the Texans, you never know what's going to go on with them as well. And having a good defensive front, especially to stop the run, is going to be vital for the Colts' defense to have success. There are some guys on the defensive side particularly, even the Colts as a whole, that are getting a little bit older in age. And having consistency from DeForest Buckner is going to be huge for them. Otherwise, they're going to find a way to get manipulated over the passing game or even the running game as a whole, and the Colts are going to be in a really crappy situation. 
Who is your bust, Nick? So my bust, I think, is going to be uh, Mo Ali Cox, unfortunately. Uh, he's had a couple – he's been up and down throughout his career. Um, I just don't think he's, unfortunately, going to have a good season. He uh, – just different quarterbacks. He hasn't been – he's had a different quarterback almost every year he's been with the Colts. I just don't think that we're going to have a strong tight end position there, unfortunately. AJ? And then for me, I have Rashad Perryman. I mean, just the youth on this, on this team, especially the receiving core, having Pittman, Pierce, uh, other guys like that, Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie, who's just kind of – Rashad Perryman is the oldest guy uh, going into his ninth year, 29 years old. He's the oldest receiver on this roster. And I just don't see him doing much of an impact. I think the Colts are definitely going to try to use their younger guys a lot more, try to get them acclimated with Richardson early on. Yeah, I read Nick's mind. I'm going to go with Mo Ali Cox, too. Kind of interesting, the career that he's had there, especially in Indianapolis. He was a guy that wasn't necessarily, like, top tight end categories not too long ago, but he was a guy that potentially could sit on your backup as far as fantasy is concerned. But currently at the tight end position, he is currently the third string. Now, that can obviously change, but their main tight end is going to be Jelani Woods, a former third-round selection in the 2022 draft class. He had 25 receptions for 310 yards and three touchdowns his rookie season. You think a team, too, like the Indianapolis Colts, would have more of a heavy focus on throwing the ball to the tight ends because there's usually a lot of them on the field and with a weakened wide receiver core, but that just hasn't been the case. For Mo Ali Cox last season, he did have three touchdowns, but only 19 receptions for 189 yards. That's not consistency, and maybe he does get filtered in the mix as far as a run-blocking tight end or even a pass-catching tight end or a goal-line tight end. But as far as consistency from the tight end position, he isn't going to be as big of a name as a lot of people maybe are expecting him to be or have an impact that a lot of people potentially are expecting him to be. He is going to be a guy that kind of sits in the shadows, kind of uses his veteran leadership to help a guy like Jelani Woods and kind of the young core that the Indianapolis Colts offense does have. What about your breakout player, Nick? Oh, I'm thinking Alec Pierce. He had a really good season, rookie season last year, but with practically no quarterback with uh, Matt Ryan, um, I, I'm excited to see what he can do actually with a quarterback that's not Matt Ryan. AJ? So, yeah, I have Alec Pierce also written down. He was a second-round pick last year, 53rd overall. Like Nick mentioned, he didn't have much of a quarterback last year. Played in 16 games, only started 12, but within that time had 41 catches, 593 receiving yards with two receiving touchdowns. Having a guy like Richardson be able to make a connection there, it's going to be big, especially right now during training camp. Uh, I know I saw the clip just a couple days ago about him and Richardson connecting into the end zone, uh, just on the run pass and just like an over-the-head catch with a cornerback right on him. Uh, it's going to be a fun watch to have the or fun, fun to watch those two play together. I'm going to go with a little bit of a surprise player. I'm going to go with Juju Brents. Now, I do think Alec Pierce is definitely a breakout player, but I think a lot of people are expecting that. Juju Brents, 2023 draft selection, second round out of Kansas State. He had a great career there at Kansas State, and he's going into a cold secondary where there's a lot of opportunity for him to grow. Cornerbacks particular, I feel like there's like three to five years where they're really solid because they're usually easier to pick up and, and have success and kind of match up with some of the wide receivers. Look at some of the other cornerbacks they have. They have Kenny Moore, obviously, 27 years old, a guy that is very effective and very efficient. They got uh, Dalis Flowers, who also is 26 years old. But this is a perfect opportunity for Juju Brents to kind of break out the scene and kind of make his name. He is known for a pass takeaway 
cornerback. He is athletic at 6'3", 198 pounds. He isn't going to be one of those guys that's going to come down on a corner blitz and really disrupt the backfield, but he's going to be a ball hawk and a guy that's going to turn over the ball a lot for the Colts, and that's something that the Colts desperately need. He is going to be a guy that's going to break out this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he has three to five interceptions. It will maybe get a couple forced fumbles as well and be a difference maker for the cornerbacks as far as the Colts are concerned. And it kind of provides some stability for the defense, who's got some guys like Rodney Thomas, who are still relatively young at 25. I obviously mentioned Kenny Moore. And then Julian Blackman at 24, a young secondary that has a lot of opportunity to thrive and grow. And with there being a lot of running in this division, when they do pass the ball, he's obviously going to be hungry to kind of have some action and potentially has a better chance of taking away the ball as well. What about your sleeper player, Nick? So I'm going sleeper player, uh, Julian Blackman. Um, has been a starter for the Colts for a while, um, but I think he's going to have a really big breakout year and really help that secondary with the Colts. Um He's a guy that, like I said, been around for a while. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna have a really good year, and people really aren't expecting that. So I'm gonna go with him. AJ. Uh, so for my super player, I have Zach Moss. I know he did break his arm uh, just the other day. Expected to be out for six weeks, but preseason still three more weeks, and there's three more weeks into the season he could miss potentially four. But if Jonathan Taylor isn't there, the running back room overall is pretty weak. I know there's Deion Jackson. He had a few breakout games uh, last year. Uh, I mean, the other guys on Kenyon Drake, Jake Funk, Evan Hall, uh, Zero Scott. But outside of that, Zach Moss is the only guy who's really done anything in the NFL. I know last year when he came over to the Colts in between the Bills, he only played in 13 games, started three games, had one rushing touchdown with 456 yards. Uh, and on the receiving side, not much there either. Uh, only 39 receiving yards on the season. Uh, but he's the only guy who I would really trust in the backfield if Jonathan Taylor isn't there. And even if Jonathan Taylor is there, he's not going to be on the field all the time. And the, compared to these other running backs, Zach Moss is probably the most talented out of all of them. So I'm going to go with a little bit of an intriguing guy. It's going to be Shaquille Leonard, linebacker. Now he's 28 years of old, so he's getting a little bit up there as far as age is concerned. He only appeared in three last or three games last season because of injury. But other than that, it's been relatively consistent. One of the things I love about him is his ability to tackle in open space. He had 111 tackles his rookie season, including seven sacks. Is he going to blow up the numbers with sacks? No. He's going to get a steady four to six every year, but he's going to be a huge piece of the run defense and even the inner closer passing defense. And it's something that's I think a lot of people maybe are discounting him. Maybe they're kind of concerned about, you know, his injury concern. He is kind of dealing with some injuries on and off the field. But he had recently said that he kind of feels the best that he's felt in a long time, which is something that's huge, especially at the linebacker position. I think if he continues to play the, the way that he's been playing throughout the early parts of his career, he's a guy that can play three to four years in the league very successfully. The linebacker core is also very interesting. Got guys like EJ Speed, who's 28, and Zaire Franklin, who's 27. So they're kind of all not necessarily in their prime, maybe past their prime, but in kind of critical stages. It's a linebacking core and even a defense that's super high risk, high reward. Not necessarily risk as, you know, it's a bad thing to take a risk, but these are guys that are going to either make or break the team. I think a lot of people are kind of discrediting Shaq Leonard. I think a lot of people maybe expect him to be a guy that continues to deal with injuries down the line, but nobody knows their body more than themselves. And for him saying that he's the best that he's felt in a long time, especially where he's at right now, I think it's a big a big season upcoming for him and, and a big up, uh, season upcoming for that linebacker core that the Colts defense does have. And then your team MVP, Nick. So if the front office gets their head on their butt, obviously Jonathan Taylor. But if not, 
Um, I want to say I really think Anthony Richardson's gonna shock the world, so I'm gonna go with him. AJ. So I've got you just mentioned as your sleeper. I'm putting Shaq Leonard. That's obviously like Nick said. If Jonathan Taylor isn't playing, I mean Shaq Leonard so far in his career, outside of last year where he only played three games, uh, he's been a three-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler, one Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, consistently above 120 tackles when he plays at minimum 13 games. Uh, I mean going from 163 one. 21, 132, 122 combined tackles. Uh, we'll get you some sacks, like you mentioned, between like three to six, right around that age, range is where you expect. But he also forces a lot of fumbles. I mean, uh, in 2021, he had eight forced fumbles, three, two, four. Decent amount of pass deflections between seven to eight every year. Uh, just overall, one of those guys who can also uh, get interceptions, I mean, and coverage. Uh, rookie year had two picks, then went to five zero four, and last year in only three games also had a pick there. So I, I think overall, when healthy, he's the most consistent uh, linebacker in the league, being able to tackle in the open field and also be able to drop back in coverage. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. I think it's a very wide consensus that as long as Jonathan Taylor is playing, he's going to be the team MVP. I'd even go a step further. Even if you miss a couple games, he'll probably still end up being the team MVP. Just his impact that he makes on the team is huge for the Colts. You know, he did leave training camp. He's continuing to rehab his ankle injury off-site. So that's interesting to note, too. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing and a cause for panic for Colts fans. I think the earlier reports, as far as, I guess, disgruntlement, when he wanted an extension, then he demanded a trade, and then Jim Irsay said he's not going to get traded. That was more concern because, at the end of the day, a lot of these pro athletes do end up kind of rehabbing or doing stuff with their injuries outside of team practices or using that outcome where they have more in-depth research, all that stuff, and guys have their own guys, whatever. So I wouldn't really cause too much of concern for that. And I also think it's good, too, to kind of, you know, space their head a little bit, kind of be on separate sides and work something out here. I do believe that they're going to work something out, whatever it is. I think Jonathan Taylor will be playing as far as health permits him to. But at the end of the day, he's the only player on the offensive side that can single-handedly make an impact. Yes, Anthony Richardson or whoever's quarterback can have success. But if it doesn't start with Jonathan Taylor alleviating that pressure off the quarterback position, then they're not going to have success. Jonathan Taylor can run through a wall and back. He's a very fast, athletic running back. He's got so many tools. The biggest thing, obviously, is his health as well as his happiness. The Colts need to find a way to do something with him. We're in a day and age now where the running backs seem to be at a premium. There's so many running backs that are wanting extensions and wanting to you know move forward. I believe Taylor is in his last year of his rookie deal, but we've already seen what he's done for the Colts, and he's a difference maker. It's the same thing with Saquon in New York. It's the same thing with guys like Najee in Pittsburgh. Jonathan Taylor, if he is with the Colts for an extended period of time, is going to be a difference maker, and it's going to help that team move forward. Even if he's not, there are some guys that have already proven themselves. we got Zach Moss, as you had mentioned, AJ. Don't forget Deion Jackson. When Jonathan Taylor was out, those two guys had a very healthy mix. And Kenyon Drake is the fourth running back on this roster. Kenyon Drake was a guy that was a starter at times for teams. He's been a guy that's filled in the back. So, Obviously, you want your forefront in Jonathan Taylor, but you do have a lot of options at the running back position, too. Whoever's the running back has to be the team MVP and has to have success for that Colts offense. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere, and they're going to be kind of stalemated throughout the campaign. Uh, two key draft picks. What was your first or second or both draft picks that really stood out to you, Nick? All right, so obviously, first, we needed a quarterback. Anthony Richardson, good pick. Um like I said, obviously, that's been our woes for the past several years at that position. And 
Give me a big name down there. He's that. Um, the other one is Josh Downs that we uh, drafted in the third round. Another receiver put up really good numbers at North Carolina, and I'm excited to see he can do. AJ? Yeah, Anthony Richardson's the obvious one there. I mean, on the high end, he's the a very similar build to uh, and play style as Josh Allen. I mean, both t- big, tall quarterbacks be able to run the ball uh, very well, be able to just flip the ball and just go 60 yards. I mean, just both, both very talented in that way. Obviously, that's going to be like the high end uh, play out of Josh Richardson is a Josh Allen uh, – or sorry, Anthony Richardson, Josh Allen comparison. Uh, and then second one, I also have uh, – Josh Downs, wide receiver, Nick mentioned, third-round pick. I believe had over 10 touchdowns his junior year. Uh, last two years, sophomore and junior year, had over a, over 1,000 yards at North Carolina. North Carolina isn't really known for having a lot of big-name guys, uh, especially in the quarterbacks. Obviously, there's been some as of recent that have been drafted, uh, but none of them have really have been that big in league. So be able to do that in a league, uh, in the college realm, having not big-name quarterbacks, uh, and just putting up those numbers is probably going to help Richardson. Yeah, so I think the Coles had addressed two areas where they needed to address, and that's why all three of us had the same two key draft picks. It was first-rounder Anthony Richardson and third-rounder Josh Downs from North Carolina. Anthony Richardson, I mean, again, I think he's either going to be the greatest of all time or the worst of all time. I really can't get a read on it. He reminds me a lot of Malik Willis as far as his running capabilities and the question marks surrounding his passing abilities. But I don't think he's necessarily as bad throwing the football as a Malik Willis. We've seen the arm strength of a Josh Allen. So you put all these players together, Josh Allen, a Malik Willis speed. I mean, this is a really prototypical quarterback. My only issue with this is I feel like the Colts are in a position where they've had so much failures at the quarterback position recently. It was almost too risky of a player to kind of pick. But in in the end of things, it could cause all the troubles for the past four or five seasons at quarterback to be completely erased if this is a franchise guy. But if for some reason it doesn't work, then, you know, the Colts are like, well, shit, now we're screwed because we don't, we don't know what to do. I mean, you got a guy that can seriously be the best of all time or the worst of all time. But at Florida, he put up great numbers, especially running the ball. He had 103 carries for 654 yards and nine rushing touchdowns last year. Completion percentage of just over 53% is solid. I mean, it's got to be improved, especially at the NFL. But you know the deep ball capabilities, 2,549 yards. 17 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So in nine interceptions in 12 games isn't great. That is something that, you know, can be fixed over time. But the biggest thing, in my opinion, I feel like you can't teach speed, but you can teach arm accuracy and arm talent. I'd be curious to see kind of the connection that Colts offense makes. I'd be curious to see if they kind of have some drag routes or out routes or some quick routes to get Richardson familiar before throwing the ball downfield and having success there. And then Josh Downs, wide receiver out of North Carolina. He's a great catch-through-contact wide receiver, which is something that I think that the Colts need. Obviously, he has a speed aspect like a Pierce or a Pittman, but he's very good at catching the ball. He had one of the best catch ratings in all the NFL draft as a whole, which is huge. So he won't blow by you with speed, but his hands are like a guy like Adam Thielen, a guy that you can throw the ball to and know he's going to catch the ball no matter what position the ball is thrown in. So that's huge, especially coming into this draft with Anthony Richardson. Assuming Richardson's the quarterback three, four years down the line, you could see a connection between him and Josh Downs and really galvanize his offense and move forward in a good, uh, positive direction uh, moving down the line. Okay, your two offseason moves, uh, Nick, or AJ, excuse me. Uh, Nick, so sorry. Well, I meant to say Nick, not AJ. I'm getting all mixed up now. Hey, uh, Nick. Well, offseason moves, in all honesty, we ain't done nothing. And that's fine because we did draft the guys, so I'm 
I'm honestly, we, we haven't got any rid of anybody yet, I guess, with Jonathan Taylor being questioned. We haven't got rid of anybody big name, so I'm fine with whatever they're doing in that end. AJ? Uh, for me, my first one, I have Samson Abukum. I uh, was with the Rams for a bit, and then last two years with the Niners. Uh, he was often on in starting a lot of games. Uh, some seasons he'll play 16 games and only start two, and other years he'll play 16 and start 14. Uh, he's more of a rush first uh, edge. He was kind of he was playing linebacker early on with the Rams, but once he went, got to the Niners, they moved him more towards the DN on the edge. Uh, last four last four years, he has four and a half or five sacks every season. Uh, mid thirties in tackles uh, combined between the two. Uh, past the, at least one pass deflection and forced fumble within that time. Uh, he's not going to, like I said, he's, he's more of a rush first uh, edge guy now. He's not going to be uh, driving back much coverage. But outside of DeForest Buckner, there's not a lot of guys that lot they have on the line. They, I mean, they lost guys like uh, Yannick Nagaku uh, just recently uh, to Chicago. So just overall, just getting help there. And then the second guy I have, I have Gardner Minshew. I mean, having a backup quarterback Minshew who's proven himself to be a good backup these last few years and be able to come mm-hmm. in and start games, having a rookie quarterback as good as Anthony Richardson is, Minshew's an upgrade over having Sam Ellinger as your backup QB. Uh, just being able to have someone to kind of mentor be uh, have mentor uh, Richardson through his first year. Yeah, so my first one, like Nick had talked about, they really hadn't made any splashes in the free agency market, which is totally fine. I'm going to go ahead and go with Gardner Minshew, as you had just mentioned. He just came from the NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. He's had an up-and-down year, obviously had time early on in his career, starting with Jacksonville. He showed some signs of being a good quarterback in the NFL, playing for the Eagles last year. But I like this for multiple reasons. One, it gives Anthony Richardson a challenge for the starting job. I had read reports that you know they, they have given to Richardson, but I mean Gardner Minshew is a guy that you know if Richardson's struggling, struggling Minshew can come in, step up to the plate, and have success. A late six-round selection, quarterback, 27 years of age. It'll be curious to see how Minshew does perform, because last year when he played for the Eagles, he had guys like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. But the Colts, he doesn't have too many options to throw the ball to. But he is able to provide Anthony Richardson some leadership, and even Sam Ellinger, for that matter, as well. So getting him on the backup side of things, I never really like putting backups as far as free agency, but... Getting a guy that is only 26, 27, but a veteran quarterback has been there behind Jalen Hurts. Obviously, we saw Anthony Richardson as far as speed. Can be similar to Jalen Hurts. Could be a mini Jalen Hurts for that matter. So having success there. As far as just how to handle things in the NFL, the quarterback position is huge too. And I'm going to go with Isaiah McKenzie, wide receiver. Now, this is a guy that didn't necessarily break out for the Bills, but had a good successful year last year with 42 receptions, 423 yards, and four touchdowns. He is a guy that is very fast, a very big deep ball threat, and this may be his deep ball receiver for Richardson. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, deep ball wide receiver. Yeah, Buffalo, he didn't put up eye-popping numbers. He was only getting targeted maybe 30 to 50 times a season, but that's also on the Buffalo Bills. They got guys like Dawson Knox, Stephon Diggs. So going into Indianapolis has a better opportunity to be noticed and make an impact. I think he does. I think he maybe is that deep ball threat or even a regular wide receiver threat. I think he gets more playing time and action than maybe some people are anticipating. It was a good idea to go out and get a guy like him. I thought this was something that the Colts needed, especially for a deep ball threat capability like Anthony Richardson is. All right, Nick, your three keys to success for your Colts this season. So, key number one, run the damn football. Simple as that. I mean, we have – Hopefully, one of the best running backs in the league. 
finally a mobile quarterback now. Run the damn football. Simple as that. Uh, uh, key number two would be to limit turnovers. And our main culprit being Matt Ryan is out. So maybe that will hopefully just fix itself. But we had far too many turnovers last year. And that's really what screwed us. And third would be just to, um, on the opposite end with turnovers, is to keep creating them. That was one of the few things that they did well last season was create a lot of turnovers, get the ball back, and do what our defense does, and keep doing that. AJ? Uh, so our first key to success kind of goes along with Nick's first one was, uh, my put more general was, is JT going to play for the Colts this year? If he does, he's the best running back or one of the best running backs in the league, and having a mobile quarterback going to do it definitely help with the read option play. Uh, next one is protecting Anthony Richardson. Uh, like Nick mentioned early on in the show, Quentin Nelson had a down year last year, more respected for being one of the best guards in the league. But it's overall being, ha- being able to protect Richardson, having a rookie quarterback, not – have him get him rushed out there overthinking plays and just tucking the ball and taking a sack, be able to give him just a little bit more time to be able to breathe back there and read the defense. And the next one is going to be wide receiver play. Like I mentioned before, there isn't a lot of uh, wide receivers on this team that have really made a name for themselves yet. Obviously Pittman was a guy who a lot of people have been excited for his last couple of years. Alec Pierce coming off his rookie year last year. You mentioned Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Josh Downs rookie this year. There hasn't been a wide receiver on this team for a while. It really feels like since T.Y. Hilton was on the team, that's been a notable notable wide receiver who's made it to a pro bowl or has really got any type of uh, established uh, play. My first key to success is Jonathan Taylor, 2021 success, especially if he is the running back. And as mentioned, 2021 had 332 carries, 1,811 yards, and 18 touchdowns. If he's able to have the season that he had there, that is going to bolster the offense, obviously, but it just opens up so many opportunities for success. And that's something that's going to be huge. Last year, he had a difficult time staying on the field, and his results did suffer. Obviously, the offensive line play wasn't good either, so it has to be improved in all cylinders. But he doesn't run for a 5.5 average on 332 carries if he doesn't have good offensive line play and a good, healthy campaign like he did in 2021. Second key is Richardson's be the stable QB they desperately need. Year in and year out, they always are getting new QBs, it seems like, whether it's Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, all these other guys that have been the quarterback for the Colts the past couple of seasons. I think one of the biggest things for a team's success longevity-wise is having a stable positioning, whether that's the quarterback, running back, offensive coordinator, head coach. If you're filtering in a new quarterback year in and year out, you know how the team chemistry continues to suffer? Well, it's going to continue to do that because you're obviously learning a new playbook, implementing new systems. Each individual player is establishing new relationships with the quarterback. Guys that have established relationships like a Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, aren't re- vitalizing their relationship year in and year out they have that relationship because they've been together for a couple of years so anthony richardson they drafted him very early in the draft this season they has to be the quarterback that's going to be there for at least three four years even if he does struggle because all rookie quarterbacks struggle at least their first season look at trevor lawrence for example everyone was panicking out at trevor lawrence he ended up leading the jaguars to the postseason last year so stuff like that is going to be huge but richardson has to be the stable qb that they desperately need and the defense has to be clutch as well. And the veteran defenders help bring them into close games. Colts play in a lot of close games. They're going to play in a lot of games that are maybe a touchdown, field goal difference. I mean, that's just what happens when you run the football. Colts-Titans, it's not going to be 55-54 to 54 like the Chiefs, Bengals, or 
um, you know, Bengals Bills, it's going to be a low scoring game, maybe 2017, 17, 13, and have that one difference maker had uh, that Nick touched about, maybe turnovers, limiting those as well. But the veteran defense has to make sure they're able to put the offense on the field and have consistency on the offensive side. Nothing is more demoralizing for a team to have a defensive stop, but have an offensive drive last for eight, nine, 10 minutes. The Colts offense is capable of doing that by the way that they run the football efficiently. Wears down the defense and opens the opportunity for success. So the defense basically has to keep the offense and the other team off the field and keep their Colts offense on the field for as long as possible. Then they're going to find a lot of opportunities for success. What is your division prediction, Nick? So I believe that Jacksonville, unfortunately, will win the division. I see us getting second with Tennessee at third and uh, Houston dead last. AJ? Yeah, I agree also. I think Jacksonville is clearly going to be the best team in this division, the most established so far to this point. Uh, I have the Colts finishing second. That's if Jonathan Taylor plays. If he doesn't, I think it's going to be a close race between second and third between them and the Titans. Yeah, for me, I'm going to have them going at third. Now, this is one of the divisions where I think it's one of the worst in football. It seems like year in and year out, whatever sport it is, whether it's baseball or football, whatever like region, for example, South, the AFC South, NFC South, probably the two worst divisions in football. In baseball, you got the AL Central, NL Central, probably the two worst divisions in baseball. This is probably going to be the worst tandem of divisions in football. Yeah, I think a lot of people are expecting the Jaguars to have success and win the division. But when divisions are this tight and this close, it's really hard to pick a winner. It's really hard because you never know. The team could potentially, especially with the 17-game format, not even be 500 to make the postseason. Last year, the Panthers, going into the final week of the season, were still in contention for you know winning the NFC South division. And we all know how bad the Panthers were. They traded away everybody. They traded away their best player. They were like 6-10. and 10. They were still competing to win the division. So I think it's going to be a similar situation here. I think they're going to finish maybe with a record of 6-11, and 7-10, and 10, somewhere in that range. I don't think they get over 500. Even if Jonathan Taylor is playing efficiently and playing on the field, I think they need to have some consistency from Richardson as well as I think they need to you know win a lot of the games that they're going to win outside of the division. So it's an interesting spot. They could finish third. I don't think they'd finish fourth. I think that one's pretty safe for the Texans. But – Anywhere from first to third, they could end up winning the division as well, depending on how the other teams play here. So it'll be quite interesting, to say the least, especially how this division plays out down the line. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. As mentioned, today was the Indianapolis Colts. Tomorrow, we will venture over to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you missed the first eight episodes, I highly recommend you go check those out. A big thanks to AJ Ponciano and Nick Fuller for joining me here in today's show. And as always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined once again by AJ Ponciano and Nick Fuller. Take care and good night.